0: Hey, this is Adam Green, creator of the Hatchet franchise and the TV show Holliston. And you are listening to Nightmare Junkhead. In and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from. This is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that, like any good horror sequel, is gooier and gorier the second time around. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, we're traveling back 30 years and providing a fan commentary track for the 1988 portion of Trailer Trauma 3. 80s horathon. But before we get into that, let me remind you we are part of the phenomenally frightening Phantom Podcast Network. Phantom. And you can find all of our past episodes along with a host of other horrific horror podcasts at downrightcreepy.com. Or if you're like me and you'd like to listen to us on the go, simply search for Nightmare Junkhead in your iTunes or SoundCloud app. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, we'll download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your red band hole. And this particular episode is being released on Friday, January Mm twenty-sixth. And if you hear a little panic in our voice,
1: yes, we're 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 panicking real good.
0: No, indeed, it is the sixth annual Panic Film Festival, starting on January twenty-sixth at the Mm -hmm. Screenland uh We are going to be there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yes, um, if you've and we've talked about it before. We've actually been talking about it a lot here on the podcast lately. Uh, but the Panic Film Festival is a genre film festival here in Kansas City, Missouri. There's going to be so much good stuff, man. Well, and that's the beauty of the Panic Film Festival is the complexity and diversity of th- films, mm-hmm. short films. Uh, just the, all the genres are really represented. We've got some sci-fi, horror, thrillers.
1: Yeah, comedy. It's
0: all is represented. And so we've got those going on. Uh, We've got a great little vendor pit of doom that Mm -hmm. was some phenomenal local vendors here. Mm -hmm. So get your uh, Kansas City horror gear on. Get get your swag on. And we do have some live podcasts coming into play. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, A couple of good ones. Uh, Indeed, indeed. So Friday, January 26th, uh, local podcast, Generation Y, will be recording live. And they're true crime? True crime. Okay. Which, honestly, if you want listeners, that's actually the route to go. Uh, No, and they're really good, actually. They're very well-researched, and they're a lot of fun. So I can't wait to actually see them live uh, and see what they bring to a live podcast nice and then the very next night you guys uh, i they're part of my monday rotation we've talked about it before uh but adam green and joe lynch i'm excited for this one the movie crypt podcast you guys it's the movie crypt and interestingly enough you are not a podcast listener
1: no but after meeting adam green and listening to what he has to say and like Hearing him talk the one time with Joe Lynch and things about that, I'm interested into what they're going to talk about. Yeah, it's Th- they're speaking to me, you know. So yeah, even though I don't listen to a podcast, I'd still want to go see what they're. Well, it's
0: kind of cool. You kind of have that fresh perspective, yeah. Then, so you're not necessarily accustomed to what they do in studio so to speak because it is it's a it's a different beast that live environment and yeah. uh speaking of live environment uh nightmare junkhead the game of games indeed we will be recording a live episode as well in the vendor loft of doom mm-hmm. uh 5 now this is a bummer because I'm missing out on a couple of screenings here that I'm a little <laughs> upset
1: about. Yeah, but we're still going to have a good time.
0: We are, and we've got some fantastic prizes, but as a genius mentioned, we are making it more interactive game show style.
1: Mm-hmm. So uh, you'll be able to play Nightmare Junkhead, the home game.
0: It's not as good as the Running Man home right. version. <laughs> yeah. We don't have Dynamo creeping up on you. <laughs> Hey, light bulb. Hey, Christmas tree. Clap if you love Genius McGee. <laughs> and as per mention, you know, you won't go Richard Dawson on anyone. Right. So don't I, I'll worry about good. that. will be good. But we do have some phenomenal prizes to give away. It's mm-hmm. going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, so please come out and check that out. Uh, all at the Panic Film Festival, you guys. Please, please, if you don't come to our podcast, come and check out some of the films. Yeah. Uh, guaranteed good time. Guaranteed memory makers. Uh, well, speaking of memories and makers, uh, here in about a month... We are going to begin our descent back uh-huh. into the mouth of March Madness. Yes. And so for any of our first-time listeners, into the mouth of March Madness is something that we decided to do almost at the very last, the probably the first of March last year.
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> like, what should we do? Hey remember canon madness
0: (laughs) we decided to put together um a tournament of horror films and kind Mm -hmm. of pitting them against each other a la march madness with the college basketball season you know it's for any of our non sports ball listeners out there (laughs) including one genius mcgee Mm -hmm. but it was more of an excuse to number one talk about a lot of great horror films but secondly to then have a chance to talk with other podcasters so ultimately what happened was is we took films we took eight films from the years uh, 1977, 1987, 1997, and 2007. And we piddled them, pitted them against each other. <laughs> piddled, them. piddled them. We, we piddled
1: well, them. We do not piddle films. <laughs> that's
0: when we come out straight in our podcast <laughs> intro and say, we don't piddle films. <laughs>
1: the movie's got to be over 1977 <laughs>
0: and but the great thing was is not only did we get a chance to argue and debate these films but also was a great chance to revisit
1: yes a lot of these films a lot of good surprise, a lot of good first time surprising ones uh martin martin was, was the probably, probably the biggest
0: surprise yeah um in fact go back and listen to those you guys they were a lot of fun but the biggest i think lesson that we learned is that uh, for a thing called into the mouth of march madness it really found itself spreading yeah. into other months. Uh huh. And so the 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 idea this year is everything is going to be released in the month of March, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> guaranteed. Okay. Um, in fact, the fact that we've actually started
1: booking and banking a lot of these episodes already. Because just like in the mouth mouth of madness things took time displacementness, and weirdness oh my goodness yeah (laughs) there was a lot of stuff that we learned a lot with that one um (laughs) but
0: ultimately uh the uh 1987 the um the winner of the ultimate mouth of our first one was the nightmare on elm street three dream warriors so go go back and take a listen to that you guys it was a lot of fun and like i said a lot of lessons were learned but ultimately the reason for this particular episode was kind of twofold uh, number one is to kind of give you an insight to some of the candidates, mm-hmm. uh, the 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 ones that are in the running for our Into the Mouth of March Madness, the upcoming tournament this year, because we're gonna be focusing on- 1988, and 1978, yeah, the, the, the eights. The eights, yes, yes, the glorious eighties. Yes. And we're, we're able to do this because of our love of physical media, mm-hmm. and we've talked about the love of these boutique Blu-ray production companies. And uh, I want to shout out to Garage House Pictures. Uh, They're the ones that just gave us the one, the little one that we're going to be focusing on here. And it is indeed, it is called Trailer Trauma 3 80s Horror-A-Thon. It is seven and its 75 hours. It's a lot of fucking trailers. Seven and a half hours of 80s trailers. Yes. All horror 80s trailers. It's so indulgent and wonderful and ultimately the reason that
1: we're doing this is we love trailers yeah they're honestly i i hate going to the movies to miss the trailers you know what i'm saying i gotta it's part of the thing i have to see the trailers i'm the same way it's it's part of my dna at this point point. Mm-hmm. and so anything
0: that we program we always incorporate vintage trailers uh for nerds of nostalgia live part of our intro and our segues into each episodes are the
1: nerd knowledge the trailer the trailer math mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> and so
0: we i mean that's how much we love trailers yeah and so when i saw that there was this company putting out this entire <laughs> compilation of nothing but 80s trailers i was yeah. like yeah i'm I'm done <laughs> and then on top of that they include commentary tracks from like other filmmakers uh, cri- uh film critics out there in fact um uh 1980 the year of 1982 is done by one ted gigan who is actually going to be at the panic film festival uh, doing a screening of Mohawk yes. and a Q&A afterwards as well.
1: Yes, I'm excited for that one. I know,
0: again, a reason to go and check out the Panic Film Festival. But this, this Blu-ray release has it all. And now here's the thing, I understand that not everyone has this. Right. And so like, well, how, well, why am I going to, if you've listened to any of
1: our commentary tracks, we keep it pretty conversational. Right. So you don't you're not going to need to know. And if you really are like are really hard up like man, I want to see the trailer for blah blah blah, you can just like google it and you can see it. You can pull it. It's it's they're easy to find, but it's nice to have them all boom almost cataloged if
0: you will yeah and that's the glory of physical media as i have all of these at my disposal and there are some rare trailers in here and there's one for this year that is glorious because it just kind of shows you the indulgence of the 80s so there's a lot to talk about it so what we've got here is we are utilizing the blu-ray release uh, we're on the select screen here for the year 1988. In fact, it's film number 143 that we're going to start with.
1: <laughs>
0: that, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, 143 films in on this one. Uh, so if you are following along at home, we do a lethal weapon inspired countdown mm-hmm. where we go three, three two, one. Two, one. play Play. and when we say play you click play so we are on film number 140 now serving 143 143 so we'll go ahead and count down on this one you guys we'll start three Three, two two, one one, play. play And like uh, any good Red, uh, red, red Band Man. trailer, <laughs> this Nightmare Junkhead fan commentary track will feature explicit material, and by fan commentary track,
1: we mean what, Genius? We have no connection with anybody or anything resour- eh, eh, remotely even just going making of this movie. We are just fans that like talking about cool horror shit.
0: And ke- speaking of cool horror shit, and we're going to go to hell for mentioning it, but... Uh, professional ghoul
1: professional ghoul. Richard Lynch
0: showing up in this one and we're kicking 1988 off with Bad Dreams which we swear has no kind of uh, references to Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3 at all last year's uh, winner mm-hmm. of Into the Mouth of March Madness but the, the great thing about what we're going to be looking at here is the fact that all of the films that we're going to be talking about include and you want to talk about connective <laughs> tissue from A Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3 yeah we have Miss Jennifer Rubin, who shows up in Part Three. Yeah, it's beautiful and bad. Indeed, she doesn't necessarily uh, break out the switchblades in this particular film, but it's a great. It's an actually it's a good, scary, underrated film from '88 that I don't think gets enough love. So the fact that we're kicking everything off with it, um, also it features one Dean Cameron from Summer School Fame
1: <laughs> from Chainsaw. Yeah
0: and also richard lynch himself you know i say we say professional ghoul in pure love because if you look back to what happened to him in real life do you know how he actually got scarred no what happened he was on drugs in the 60s and set himself on fire while he was under the influence
1: whoa yeah
0: no it's actually a very tried but the fact that he was able to oh good lord now that's why you have a red band trailer right there
1: yeah that was some crazy shit
0: but the fact that you um he was able to parlay that into still being able to act
1: well he turned lemon into lemonade and he plays a great scary villain i mean look at fucking uh uh America, invasion usa
0: oh yeah he's so good in that one it's time to die well speaking of time to die um this particular film again featuring dna from last year's winner of into the mouth of march madness mm-hmm. this is a chuck russell remake of a film from the 50s
1: with a glorious mullet and it's so ooey and gooey and it, what, what did we figure out is that yeah is that uh shoe fly shoe that's hobo? the hobo from Wee's <laughs> big adventure yeah <laughs> 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 this movie the blob is such a violent mean little gnarly movie it's not your grandfather's blob
0: kids unfortunately <laughs> no this is a film that features so many genre greats shawnee smith showing up in this one mm-hmm. planes just a uh, planning you want you're rooting for her
1: character and in fact it one of the oh you get one of the great <laughs> Right great. in the trailer Right in the trailer They show Emile Getting like lit up They're showing A lot of Like very thing Well this is a Red wow. band This is truly A wonderful red band, red band red. trailer uh-huh.
0: And they're really Oh Jesus Christ And even out of context Those kills are frightening yeah. The fact that they Just showed you The kid dying Even though you don't Know it's the kid But what a Spoilers yeah, no, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Come on now they've, they've seen The blob And if you haven't Get on that right. You guys. I don't know
1: If it's spoilers Kev, For fucking 30 year old movies No they don't at all are you
0: kidding um now also surprisingly enough our next film has um dna from one of my favorite all-time films uh, fright night
1: well and this one is a classic i mean this one is it's a it's, franchise a starter. franchise yeah of course we're talking about child's play
0: uh, are you uh, are we friends till the end
1: heidi <laughs> ho <laughs> this draws upon every nightmare am I right I had a my buddy doll one time right and I was swinging it around (gasps) my buddy and buddy and me and it hit the wall right but when it hit the wall it revealed this red like mark like a wound but like there was no red on the wall the wall was white so i don't know how like it must have the paint or something but it was like red paint it wasn't like like guts and gore but it was just like red paint was it pulsating at all no it what? wasn't but at the time i was like i just finished watching child's play and i was like nope that thing went into the closet i gave and it to my brother <laughs> oh, that's very kind of you. Yeah, and passing it along like
0: it follows there. Well, that's the beauty of this particular film, is it draws does draw upon those nightmares. And as if you guys know the podcast, you know Genius lives his life via horror movies. So that being said, will you see any a uh, Prince Humperdinck in there? Would you? <laughs> would would we see any kind of uh, doll in your house of residence? Oh fuck no!
1: I mean, like not like not not see, anything not that could it, come back to if, you. If it's supposed to be scary, then yeah, you know like oh look it's a zombie doll but if it's like not but it's just creepy fuck all that like those creepy victorian baby dolls and shit yeah fuck all that noise those porcelain figurines
0: also really quick shout out uh just child's play brad durif in this particular yeah. film voicing an icon and i'll admit it the last child's play uh, film uh, cult of cult of chucky Was it's dope. phenomenal it's great yeah has to be seen uh, so the fact that the how that god they're like seven or eight nine films in And the fact that the series, the franchise is still pretty fresh. Henry Mancini's work, you know, because he wrote all of them. Uh, So going from, yes, Critters fucking 2, Grover's Bend. So one thing that should be known, in the year of 1988, there were sequels all over the place mm-hmm. uh we're gonna talk we're gonna have at least nine sequels in the year of 1988 critters 2 kicking us off which we did a live episode this on nerds and nostalgia
1: this movie is great i mean you got the in, 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 in notorious easter bunny scene the easter bunny
0: scene is right? great
1: and they got the hungry heifer jingle uh just all kinds of good stuff the only lynn thing, shane oh my god she's heading for the children yeah it's Yeah, this movie is... I I love little critter monster movies like this.
0: Well, and the the fact that this particular trailer, and again, just the love of it, is showing off all the good stuff in the film. Mm -hmm. And because it is a sequel, is it bigger and better... Holy shit, what did we just see you just there? saw
1: the big ass critter's ball of death. Damn right, it's going to be
0: bigger and better. Thank you, Mick Garris, uh, for Cruise right. too. And this was actually his directorial debut, I believe. Huh. The finest hair in Hollywood showing how you direct something for With your first time. The finest
1: hair in Hollywood, the hairballs. The hair,
0: right? Mm-hmm. Direct inspiration. If you see any white wisps of hair, it was probably from <laughs> Mick Garris.
1: Yeah. He shed it like a cat on him.
0: He's- just what happens it's his he's that's his samson right there that's his power samson (laughs) i love critter that and also just the underrated score of this particular franchise as well yeah it's so goddamn good i'm a big fan of it i have to admit um so then that actually brings us up to (laughs) another original um and a film that you want to talk about another one that is really underrated um, very much a cult flick yeah. from 1988 that definitely didn't do well in the theater, but found an audience in home video. Because it's a treat. It, uh, uh, Ugh. <laughs> Ugh. Damn. Uh, you know what? Because it's a treat. That's. I'll, I'll let that one slide, because we are talking <laughs> about the great Dead Heat, uh-huh. which is one of those, at this point, the buddy cop genre was kind of eating itself. Not necessarily. I guess 87 brought us uh, Lethal Weapon.
1: Yeah, but so why not Zombie Cop?
0: Well, you know, funny enough, speaking of Lethal Weapon, Shane Black wrote Lethal Weapon. You know who Dead Heat was scribed by? Fred Decker. His brother, actually. Shane Black's brother. Really? Yeah. Huh. Interestingly enough. Is everything um, said at Easter? <laughs> somehow another following in the black tradition there right Uh, but i think one of the stands out as we see here is some of the practical effects in this film Mm -hmm. and 1988 steve johnson is all over 1988 (laughs) Um, just making weird shit wonderfully weird shit and the fact that this is one of those films that could only come out in the in 1988 and is a buddy cop genre zombie film
1: right How weird is that? Why fucking not?
0: And the fact you got great character actor Treat (laughs) Williams showing up as a treat. As a treat. You have Joe Piscopo just right that point when he was like all of a sudden big into bodybuilding right. which was really distracting <laughs> and
1: still trying to be like a funny man so like <laughs> laugh or i'll pummel you if you don't get my humor you're a nerd
0: And then, exactly but he'll be doing his sinatra impression right so he'll, he'll pummel you while singing Bada boom baby well here we go a little classier now mm-hmm. uh, we've talked about the various phases of cronenberg where you get like um creepy cronenberg
1: my favorite Cronenberg. Yeah,
0: there's classic Cronenberg, uh-huh. and then there's contemporary Cronenberg. And I think this particular film, Dead Ringers, is when we get into the more contemporary classic.
1: With a little still creepy.
0: Well, yeah, because anytime you take Cronenberg <laughs> uh, along with OBGYN. That's a bad combination. <laughs> you know, no good is going to come from that. And this particular year brought us. Oh uh, my God.
1: Can you imagine Cronenberg, OBGYN? Like well he has you get an this. actual. Oh, as like, a, oh God
0: is a living thing? No. Right. No, because the the actual hint you get with this particular film, because that's the one thing with this film. It, yeah. yeah. Is you do get that that hint of with this particular scene right here that is just horrible but you don't get that doesn't drive the entire movie in fact it is very much a very very serious like i dare i say romantic drama because it's not mm-hmm. but this
1: is where you get it, it's one of those movies where like if it wasn't so vile and cronenbergian people would be like Oh, no, it's more of a thriller. Well,
0: it is where you, it's Cronenberg is kind of, he's Cronenbergian he's to Cronenbergian. his next transition, in his yeah. next
1: phase. But I was saying this, like, there's a guy by, just happens to be named Cronenberg, who wants to be an OBGYN, oh, an OB-GYN. but nobody goes to his business. And then like, well, I don't know what's going on, because he has no clue about other Cronenbergs. Cronenbergs, right. So he's like, hi, I'm Cronen- Cronenberg, <laughs> OBGYN. i like, no, thank you. No, thank you. I think
0: we'll pass. Thank you. Right? Oh, goddamn, that's, that's. Kinda great and wonderful. So from the movie store um, is
1: yoked.
0: Pretty much the majority of the films you're seeing here, again, you will could be a possibility to show up in into the mouth of March Madness Uh for the year of nineteen eighty eight. This film will not. <laughs> and I'm not that's nothing against Lyle Alzado, okay. I'm just gonna say that right now. But if you want a good killer returning back from the electric chair death, I'll wait, you know, another year, I'll wait a year and, and get, get shocker. shocker. Although I will say the destroyer does give us a nice April Fool's Day reunion with um Deborah Morehouse and uh Clayton Roner. Yeah. So that in and of itself is kind of wonderful. It's got that '80s charm, but beyond that, ooh, this one is tough. This is <laughs> well. Also, you get a little shout out to uh, dare I say Seth Gecko's um, improvised vampire killer.
1: Yeah, there we go. The oh, the bruh, did- 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 of course the you know what Robert
0: Rodriguez is probably a huge fan of Destroyer, of course, <laughs> given the the fanboy nature of those guys. Yeah. And so our next trailer comes from New World Pictures. Perhaps was this one of those films that we maybe started back when we did New World Madness on Nerds of
1: Nostalgia? I think it will. I think we would be remiss if we didn't have the Mistress of the Dark. You know
0: what? She was kind enough to speak to us at a convention. And you know what? I will say this: this particular film, it's kind of it's perfect for what it needs to be for Elvira's feature length it's just campy enough
1: it's just goofy
0: it is but it's but it, it's not like it works on multiple levels because it's giving you what you need it's got just the, the hint of sexiness from uh and I'm not Elvira' a the uh, lovely, to dare the I lovely say Cassandra Peter. Is, to borrow a phrase a treat she is and she is a horror icon mm-hmm. she is a genre icon she transcends horror everyone knows Elvira uh the fact that they're able to throw on all the double entendres the is uh, something about you know? Has anyone complained about your head? No, no one <laughs> no, yet. No, right. Yeah, no complaints yet. There we right. go.
1: How's your head? No, no That's complaints. It, yes,
0: yet. yes. Uh, worked so well, uh, and definitely also a cult classic, I would say. Um, but again, love to see because it's a her. horror
1: screwball comedy.
0: It is, uh, with given just through the filter of Elvira, which yeah. makes it so much more fun. Uh, well, speaking of sequels. And speak, speaking of a film that could have been worked by being cronenberg with uh, Terry Kaiser yeah, as right. Bernie, <laughs> we get our uh, first kind of icon here in Friday the 13th Part 7, you guys, mm-hmm. The New Blood.
1: Carrie versus Jason. I like that idea. This is a film that ultimately, if you know anything about it, was butchered by the MPAA. Yeah, because this, by far, until this is one of the best kills in the entire franchise.
0: Well, you have um, special effects maestro uh, John Carl beekler directing this, so you know the gore on effect would be would, should be wonderful,
1: but man. But they just cut it so bad.
0: And worst part is, all the cut footage was eventually destroyed.
1: And you know what? Yeah, and that's the worst part about it, because the film truly suffers for it.
0: It does. Because I think this could be one of the highlights of the Friday the 13th franchise based on the kills and where they were going with it and the fact that we get Kane Hodder's first run as Jason as well. Yeah, there's a lot going on and you needed to do something different though. Um, whether it was Carrie versus Jason or Jason in space, you have to do different things with this franchise to because, keep it fresh. Because if you keep giving them the same thing over and over again, it's going to blow up in your face, so to, right. so to speak. With that, wah, wah. good, timing, dude. good time, timing, Good timing. But also, I think the first film to actually open up on Friday the Thirteenth as well makes sense. And I think a lot of people's first entryway into um, Friday the Thirteenth. Well, I'm not goddamn sequelitis here, gang. Talked earlier, uh, *Fright Night* is probably my favorite horror film from the '80s, and not enough people give its sequel any love. This is a genuinely good movie. It's it's. It doesn't. It's not better than the original. No, let's no, make, by far let's no. put it out front. No, by far but,
1: no. But there's good kills. It's funny. It's got a great villain. Yeah, Julie
0: Carmen is is almost i don't know if this says a lot about me i still think um <laughs> um chris sarandon uh, he's sexier uh that's just me but julie Carmen as well right and then her her rogues gallery
1: she's got she's got good cronies she, she's
0: got brian thompson she,
1: yeah she she's just she, killing it with the but with the bug eating
0: john Grease showing up here as the wolfman as the comedic wolfman wonderful special effects and of course again roddy mcdowell you got the team back together. Yeah. You got Tommy Lee Wallace directing it, You've, who's a podcast
1: favorite from Halloween 3, amongst other things. Mm-hmm. Um, it's genuinely good, creepy atmosphere. It's got some good scares. It's
0: it And it is a little bit of a ritual. Well, I like the original idea of her making him a vampire to just prolong his suffering. So it's got a revenge arc to it. Yeah. It doesn't get enough love. And it also has that weird tie to the Menendez brothers shooting as well. Yeah. Which is why we don't have it on Blu-ray. Uh, well, goddamn, speaking of sequels again. Right. We mentioned there's a lot of them going back to back here. Um,
1: Ten wanna... years ago, October 31st, a small wood rest in town an escape killer in the cover. <laughs> <laughs> no. okay. wrong, 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 wrong 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 sorry one. mr larry wrong <laughs> s- wrong studio <laughs> you're still paying
0: me in pot though right Ten Danfielding. <laughs> well you want to talk about a course correction if you will mm-hmm. we are fans of halloween three yeah. straight up and but i'll admit i it took me a while to come around on it the first time it came around i kind of dismissed it because it didn't have michael myers
1: But it wasn't until looking back on it where you're like, this movie is really fucking good.
0: But what did they do for Halloween 4 that came out in 1988? They just said
1: right out there, it's the return of Michael Myers. We
0: brought him back. Even in the trailer, they're like, you guys, it's Michael Myers. There's no witches. There's no Irish witches. We don't have any mustachioed uh, (laughs) alcoholic drunkards. No
1: thorns yet. But we do got Donald (laughs) Pleasance. Coming back. For almost the sixth time. I
0: was gonna say I'm am curious if like Loomis was like wait there's a third one it's like where was I for number three right
1: <laughs> what is this witch business I could have I could have killed the druids
0: no actually I am a huge fan of Halloween four this is
1: a, this is like you said it's a good course correction
0: it is and again it is in the title there Halloween four the return mm-hmm. of Michael Myers there's no if ands or buts uh, Dwight H Little did a great job. Daniel Harris, of course. Killing it. Wonderful. Many ways that this film could have just crashed the franchise unfortunately it didn't because right. to me honestly
1: it, it gave it a good trampoline jump board but they just kind of had later on missed the jump
0: anything after four it's a little problematic uh well shit
1: now speaking of sequels still well it is the 80s uh, and a, from a it film that just came out the... to
0: show you <laughs> oh and <laughs> right? Jesus does it uh, a film that came out that is a sequel to from the previous year uh-huh. a year a, a film Quick. that went far into the mouth of March Madness in the year of 1987 but we're getting a uh, Hellbound, Hellraiser Two. Which do you? Is it more of the same? Does it enhance it? Is it? Is it a quick? Is it a sequel that came out too quickly?
1: No, I think I think it absolutely. I agree with you. It enhanced it, and it did not came out quick too quickly. No,
0: this is actually one of those films that many people prefer to the original. Because it does delve deeper into the mythos.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, but what I also love about this particular trailer, though, is it's given you, again...
1: A lot of the good stuff.
0: But it's telling you the story. And you're like, oh, wait, wait, is that Julia? It's like, wait, how is Julia back? Right. I guess that's kind of a spoiler in the trailer there. Maybe that's... Uh, especially you're involved in it. But the fact that you got basically everyone back. And there's it's showing Kirsties all the and everything. Mm-hmm.
1: It's, it's a very intriguing. It, I mean, there's a very striking image in this, this trailer. Of... Come
0: to daddy. You You get Uncle Frank showing back there. And again, no, you actually get that interesting kind of stop motion as well, which was probably a little outdated in 88 by that point, but I think it's kind of what gives this movie its, dare I say, charm. (laughs) If you can find charm. In
1: a a, a helm helm maze? (laughs) Charm and camp,
0: indivisible, somehow, kind of like pain (laughs) and pleasure.
1: Right, there we go.
0: We have such things to... Well, hell, yeah, Hellbound Hellraiser 2, one of those, again, that's probably one of those I think that holds up. But Oh, now here is your sign of quality. Canon, the mark of quality. Anytime the Canon opens up, With you know. With the
1: Chuck Norris coming in there. Well, which
0: means it's possibly one of his 80 films from the Canon <laughs> right? catalog.
1: We're going to make a big one.
0: Uh, go back to Nerds and Nostalgia. We did an entire Canon Madness, actually, mm-hmm. which was at the, probably the initial inspiration what we did with Into the I Mouth of March so. Madness. I think so, What think so. We've, uh, we've uh, diversified it since then. But no, this one actually is a particular film that if you go back to some of uh, Chuck Norris's early, and even like mid-80s, outside of his normal shtick beyond like Missing an Action. Like
1: One-Man Army. Delta
0: Force kind of things. Yeah. He did some interesting kind of, I'm not going to say character work.
1: No, but... but cool but genre fare. He did some interesting cop stuff when he's like not like... But like this one, it's basically he made like two or three movies like in this vein where it's basically Chuck Norris versus Michael Myers. Yes. <laughs> uh, go back to um, around house him six times. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if they could have only parlayed that into the film right? it would have enhanced something already <laughs> glorious. No, but the hero and the terror is definitely it's one of those that I, I think I've maybe seen. I know I've not seen the entirety of it, but I've seen bits and pieces.
1: I like the Chuck Norris versus Michael Myers genre. You
0: know, it's, and it's such a weird, the fact that that exists as a genre.
1: Because <laughs> there's like four or five of them fuckers. That's
0: part of the genre that should eat itself at this point, <laughs> but it hasn't. And that's what's bizarre with that. Now, this particular one... Which one is this? Are you not getting an Exorcist vibe from some of that camera work? Yeah. Well, this particular one is uh this is the kiss
1: oh whoa well, oh, i remember this one i saw this in the theaters like what do you want a kiss oh
0: you saw this in the theater yes Let yes me guess, indian springs Uh huh.
1: and so she's got like this worm thing inside of her and she transpilates it by kissing people and it's like really it's like, genuinely creepy yeah
0: there's some really kind of gooey and gory effects work to go on in this and also this is a film that I'm trying to think if I was introduced. No, because I saw the the journey of uh, Natty Gaines initially for young Meredith Salinger, who was probably one of my little um, requisite crushes back in the day.
1: <laughs> and she's trying to... Yeah, the, I remember the cat, <laughs> that crazy ass... I remember this movie is wild as shit and kind of like awkward boner inducing. Indeed. It had a, an edge of naughtiness to mm-hmm. it. And Especially when he was, she was trying to like... Like uh, come here, I'm the dirty babysitter. The transference know? of the yeah, of the yeah. said worm. Yeah, because she would she was using her feminine wild. Well, it's interesting. It's kind of witchy, if you will. okay yeah, because it's
0: and you're gonna get a you're gonna that's gonna kind of be your first taste. Now another quality, a sign of quality Vestron. here. Is Vestron, Vestron. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know you're getting you're getting junk food of good in, junk of the food. highest
0: order mm-hmm. usually with that. Uh, hell, um, go back to. Um, We've done several um, audio commentaries for Vestron Films. Well, this one comes from one Ken Russell.
1: You get nudity right off the bat in this trailer. And
0: Ken Russell is the kind of filmmaker that is going to bring you that in his trailer. Red Band trailers abound in 1988, which is kind of a, a gift, if you will.
1: This I remember. This was an awkward boner-inducing movie that used to come on at Showtime all the time. And if I remember correctly, it's based on a Bram Stoker's *Lair of the White Worm*. *Lair of the White Worm*. This was the this was that adult horror, like yeah. you said. I
0: when I saw this the first time, I was lost. When when that comes up, when the horror hits, right? I was like, cool, there it is. But then it would go back to all these these British people and proper people talking,
1: talking about things, and Hugh Grant. Being Before like, he
0: was Hugh Grant, right? Back when you could get him in a genre flick.
1: Talking about like people turning into like half vampire, half snake.
0: It was intellectual, and yeah. I wasn't really into that. And that's the thing with a lot of Ken Russell films is the fact that like if you go like and look at like Alter States,
1: uh-huh.
0: that's a movie that is when the horror hits, it's crazy. When he goes does that transformation
1: sequence, it's insane. But you have to be older to understand these movies i remember seeing this movie and altered states is this one of those bougie
0: films bushy horror bougie? films
1: well i remember not getting it but i remember also being very titillated you know what i'm saying i so confession i watched this movie i've seen it like twice but the first, couple of, the first time I saw it was for not watching horror reasons. Were you fast forwarding through a lot of yeah, the horror stuff? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because he's basically like vampires well, Ken and Russ, snakes. And,
0: he had that reputation. But
1: see, I yeah, I was like, I just want to see. So I, it looks titillating, and I'm watching it, not understanding whatever the fuck they're talking about, not getting it, and just being like, they're snake women boobs, I dig it. You know what I'm saying? No, no, no. The Again, se- this was our internet back yeah. in the day. And then the second time I watched it, I got a little bit. I understood it a little bit more, but I went back to the old tropes. So <laughs> fell into old habits. So I need to go watch this one again. Now well, this trailer. Now I need to watch this one again too because I remember this one was fucked up. This one I haven't seen that. One, this movie in about five. I six, saw this longer.
0: one. I saw this one in the theater. Me too. And I saw it not for one George A. Romero. Surprisingly, it's because of the lead of this film, played the quarterback. Um, his name was Yonesa from this old series on hbo called first and 10 that was about the california bulls football team yeah it was just this really no it was one of those like like dream on you watched it because a lot of boner sitcoms indeed indeed but no here we get a little representation from one of the masters george romero's monkey shines
1: yeah I, i i remember seeing this movie in the theater too and not because of anybody when I saw it, but because I like watching killer monkey killer movies. Killer monkeys, killer. Nature there was a gone. lot of killer monkey movies in the eighties. There was like this. There was Link. We didn't trust.
0: Was, we didn't trust nature. Okay,
1: <laughs> right. Especially, especially monkeys.
0: Uh, Kilimanjaro was the other one. Yeah. There's no. There, well, look at that. That's scary. That's terrifying. That's, be, that's nightmare fuel right there. When they hit the negative on that.
1: Yeah. Now is this Stephen King and George Romero again, or is this? Just I believe George this Romero. is just
0: straight Romero oh, no, on this, this one. Oh, this is written and directed by Romero, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, and it's, uh, again, him veering
1: away from the zombies. With the killer monkeys. You can't get more <laughs> anti-zombie than killer monkeys.
0: You want you know, it's like, listen, guys, I'm really trying to do something different here. Well, speaking of, again, nature gonari, we get the nest, mm-hmm. which is another one that I have not seen in ages, but it's another one that will definitely get under your skin.
1: This one uh, I caught. About maybe about two years ago on El Rey. Oh, really?
0: Yeah. You know what I like about El Rey is the fact that they will show after usually like seven o'clock all of their films unedited. Yeah, I mean, you'll they'll, still get commercials. They'll still get
1: commercials, but you'll get all the all the all death the good and, stuff.
0: Yeah,
1: all the boobs and blood. So in this case, then you probably got a lot of the good gore. Yeah, really. Dirty. I mean, just like bugs and shit coming out of your skin and it, it's, body snatchy, and
0: it's truly a um, it's a body horror film, yeah. disguised as nature gone wrong. Because again, these uh, the cockroaches are all mutated from the power from, plant. Yes. Yeah, so, some way or another, Big Brother, the government is you know to to, to right? blame for our ills here, which you also see a shit ton in the 1980s, especially in some of our films in 1988. Just the Blob is another one that's a total. Mis- Trust of the government.
1: Oh, a lot of them are. Yeah, but this one oh look at that. That is. Yeah. You are. Oh my God! You yeah, are getting the, the ooh, grand guignol. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. The nest. Well, that's the thing in the in the eighties, especially in the mid to late eighties. Oh, we're getting another red band trailer here, guys. Is this was the pinnacle of practical effects Mm -hmm. this is when you were doing the crazy oh paragon i'm telling you right now i know what this is this is one of the great halloween films this is one of the origins of our friendship yep night of the demons y'all my mistrust of lipstick (laughs) (laughs) just eat a bowl of fuck okay just right (laughs) now this is a film that is near and dear to definitely you and i yes and I said it correctly there, as, as, a, <laughs> as a true pugilist would. Oh, you bougie. Red Band trailer means we are getting boobies here. Now, uh-huh. we're not getting the full frontal from Linnea there, but that does lie in the film. But this is also a film that not only is it campy, it's mean. Yeah. The kills are gnarly. The special effects are... This is a Steve Johnson film again. Like uh, again Steve Johnson all over <laughs> well, He
1: Well, the hardest working man
0: in show business. He was, but his effects works are phenomenal. And then also, if we,
1: Angela's transformation.
0: Oh, when she is simmering at the end here, when she's where are you going? The has just begun. That's scary. When she's climbing up the the bar the barbed wire like that, that is awful. Yeah. But also, I love Night of the Demons as they do go go against the trope of the black guy dying first. Roger you know, Spoilers as a Survivor. Yep. Uh no, Night of the Demons, one of my all-time favorite, in fact, Nerdoween, our very first one.
1: Mm-hmm. Second film. Like which one? It's Night of the Demons.
0: <laughs> and like you said, featuring Linnea Quigley, who's one of our favorites. Oh wait, New Line Cinema in the 80s hmm. in what could this one be? Well, this is actually the the trailer I love the most because you can tell at this point how well the Nightmare on Elm Street franchise was doing. Because one of the great things with this particular trailer, there's no footage nope. from the new movie, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4, The Dream Master. <laughs> it is nothing but clips from the first three, because they put these films so far into production and got greenlit. But they're they're like,
1: why the fuck not? Why, so. why don't
0: we have a trailer for Part 4? Well, we don't even have a script yet. I don't care. Put something together.
1: What are we going to call it? Uh, the Dream Master. <laughs> cool. <laughs>
0: D- done. done. Greenlit. Put it forward. But ultimately, as you know, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 4, is it going to repeat? You know, Nightmare on Elm Street Part 3 won everything last year. Well, Part 4. Let's see. It's a a strong film and a sequel. And speaking of another. I know. Another sequel.
1: Boy, I tell you, there's a lot of sequels in the 80s.
0: (laughs) And another one, in terms of the most least likely franchise, when you saw
1: Phantasm, did you think, you know what? I think there are... At least five films that could exist. The, the, this balding ice cream truck driver fighting silver balls and demons and Jawas—I think this has got legs,
0: you know. <laughs> but what do we get? Um, you know, how many years later? Ten years later, but a sequel to Phantasm, Phantasm Two, which I'll be honest is a lot of fun.
1: It is weird, well, fun, but a lot of fun. It is.
0: Well, it is. It's a Phantasm film. This is a Don Coscarelli film. Yeah. You know, the biggest compliment you can probably give a Coscarelli film. It's
1: calling it a Don Coscarelli. Indeed, because
0: you know you're getting some weird, like almost the, the weird wild stuff. That's, that's wild. You do get the return of the tall man. You get the ball is back. And of course, with a sequel, you got to make it bigger and better. And honestly, the ball <laughs> does some weird ass shit. Just keep telling yourself and it's you only get, a yeah.
1: dream. No, it's, it's not. not. <laughs> best line of the franchise
0: only for the trailer there which i like because then they transition it from what you get in the film uh phantasm 2 though a a pretty glorious follow-up and again an unlikely sequel but god they just could not stop with the sequels and especially (laughs) in, in 88 of all years right it's weird how that happened why 88 just in terms of the timing i'm sure but my god so many things out there for your disposal and being a full horror fan in 1988 it's kind of a wonderful time, is it, it not? It was a
1: golden age. A golden age of all sorts of goodness. I mean, every other, you turn around, another horror film. Now, of course, there was and, some, you have to go through some dreck, but. Well,
0: speaking of dreck and what some people don't like necessarily, uh, the Poltergeist franchise as well. It's, I'm a fan of part two. I actually like part two a lot. Part three, as we're seeing here, has its detractors.
1: Yeah, there but a lot of people enjoy it. I, I don't know. How long know. has it been since you've seen it? uh i don't know
0: guess who's back in town kane that creepy guy from part two that had nothing to do with part one right we couldn't get james can for the sequels so we got kane guess who's back zelda yeah. rubinstein yeah, of course she was now this is part three <laughs> definitely gave me kind of a phobia of mirrors i'll definitely say it
1: was creepy it was weird but it just wasn't it didn't do enough for me well, It had tom scarrett it had nancy allen it had yeah. these great
0: actors in it It just it was definitely problematic. It was a sequel that didn't necessarily I think need to be produced but it was there anyway.
1: There was a part. I, I there was a part where it kind of buck flowered me.
0: <laughs> yeah, it did. Yeah. Where it
1: just where you go you know, off. Where it just kind of went off, and I'm like, I'm done.
0: I understand. Well, shit. Another uh, film celebrating 30 years and the directorial debut of. You talk about special effects. Yeah. And the
1: icons in yeah. special
0: effects and practical effects. Stan Winston's Pumpkinhead.
1: He created this look of what a vengeance you would think a vengeance demon created in a pumpkin field would look like.
0: The one thing I always forget about this film is how mean it is yeah. as well and how mean
1: Pumpkinhead is. I feel so bad for this poor little Ralphie who got his eyes shot out, you know? <laughs> I could totally I could totally understand where Hendrickson was coming well, from. Well, I
0: think the power of this film also lies in Lance Hendrickson because he's so good in this movie. Yeah. You feel his pathos when he's going through those transformations, spoiler and just everything that lies within. It's genuine. You feel bad. Yeah. And that's what I don't think gets enough appreciation. Um, also, at Panic Fest
1: is going to be the 30th anniversary screening, and we
0: have some local artists that are uh, in ties with the Pumpkinhead comic book uh-huh. that are going to be doing a Q and A afterwards.
1: That's going to be cool.
0: All the cool ass shit at yeah, Panic Film that's Festival, gonna be you guys. Cool. We're going to have to title this episode not necessarily like 1988 horror, but Panic
1: trailers. Yes. <laughs>
0: A big... We're waxing the car of Panic Film Fest, as one Joe Lynch would say. There we go. Yeah, let's uh, hopefully get a chance to talk to... Uh, Joe Lorimar. Lynch. Well, if this is Lorimar, and I know particularly we're talking about sequels, I think this might be the last sequel we're looking at, but you know what? I saw this one in the theater. Did you? I did. Unfortunately, didn't get to see the original, but uh, Return of the Living Dead Part 2.
1: I yeah. like this movie, you're, but... Your size said it all. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's... It, it it almost took the Evil Dead 2 approach where like, hey, let's make it bigger and better, but let's make it more goofy. But I think the problem was, is the first one was just that perfect balance of funny yep, and indeed, scary and indeed. fucked up. And, and trying to tell the exact same story in a different setting of make it suburbia as opposed to like the dilapidated punk and then this
0: yeah and then even like bringing james Karen and tom matthews back as well as the
1: same fucking characters doing in just the exact same thing yeah
0: it's a, it's a little weird. I I know why it's off putting for some people because if you do hold it up against the original, it just pales. Yeah, unfortunately, absolutely. And then the the, the even the, like the when that Michael Jackson that, that it
1: lost is, me. Is, is that, that the, lost like, is that your Buck Flower moment with that? But this one, one the like I was like, Haha, I kind of like it made me laugh. It made me giggle, but at the same time, I was like, I no longer have any stake in this
0: yeah you know no unfortunate it's one of those that like you said they just went too much on the humor like get the damn
1: screwdriver out of my head and it's like yeah even in the trailer showing this little diddle, 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 pfft, you know it was just
0: missing yakety sacks basically right
1: I, I don't know i i mean some people dig <laughs> it it's named for me
0: no and if, again if that's your thing that works right. another one that spawned even more films return of the living Dead part three actually good not too bad i I dug that one another vestron video release that i i I can't believe got a blu-ray release that got the special treatment but again we are living in a day and age where we're doing a commentary track for trailers from 1988 and also i love the fact that all these trailers are very much from like 35 millimeter prints but again, speaking of a getting ad- we're
1: getting adulting here or going adulting. This movie I didn't get either. When of I course first not. saw this, I of mean. Course not. I don't even know if I could watch it now and still really like But do you remember why you went and saw it? Because it's Wes Craven. Indeed. It was the it Horror Meister. He was the guy
0: that brought us Night on Elm Street yeah. and he brought us Freddy, man. Um, this is definitely one of those films that reminds you that um, Wes Craven came from academia. <laughs> yeah. And he could get a little intellectual with
1: your fear. Thinking Man's Horror.
0: Yes. This is another one that I've probably rewatched uh within the last five years. It holds up. And it again, like as you mentioned, the first time I saw it, I'm like, wait, where's the guy with fangs? Or where's where's the true nightmare monster? Not knowing what he was doing, what he was drawing upon. Yeah. And how genuinely actually terrifying that whole concept is. And, and even Bill Pullman before, again, he when he would still do Genre fare. You yeah. could get guys like Hugh Grant and Bill Pullman in your genre movie. But only in 88. But only, yeah, I think that was actually probably the precipice of that point. <laughs> right. And then at that point, then you just got Robert Sadar and Clint Howard. <laughs> and I'm not saying that. Hey, guys, a, how's it going? That's a good thing, actually, because I genuinely like those guys. Yeah, me too. <laughs> but unfortunately, you you lost the, the classiness of... Of those guys. Now, speaking of classy. I was going to say,
1: speaking of classy.
0: We're going to go all biblical here on you. Uh, Demi Moore, actually, no stranger to genre fare. Her initial uh, parasite. Parasite. And also showing up in uh, Blame It on Rio. (laughs) uh,
1: Get down to Rio now.
0: (laughs) But showing up here. Now, again, growing up Catholic, as I did, these kind of films always hit close to home for me
1: because that's what they would talk about in the bible the, the, the seven seal has been broken upon the field the plains and the, the plagues of man and blah bitty, blah 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 well, you know
0: end of days like that was mm-hmm.
1: scary and
0: frightening especially when it was brought upon by all these signs this the parts of the bible that a lot of the heavy metal bands sung about but i still <laughs> didn't really delve too deep into it or like the nostradamus prophecies oh forget about that yeah. well, <laughs> the man that saw tomorrow that is a horror film that is where nightmares come from oh my god and i think it was orson wells that was narr- narrating the entire yes. thing but no, no sorry. S- Demi Moore is the seventh sign. Demi Truly Moore good religious seventh. horror. Michael Bean is in that one. Sorry, Orson.
1: <laughs> That's okay.
0: This is again <laughs> why we we go off a little tangent here. It's huh. not a it's a, a scene specific commentary I can't track. In these
1: conditions, I'm getting out of here. Sorry, but you left your peas here. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, there's my schlitz. <laughs> <You> may- <laughs> the bull, Taurus entertainment. If oh, burr <laughs> some Taurus <tours. laughs> no uh-huh. Taurus. Tor,
0: that it's was really here. stretching it. <laughs> tried a little too but i hard. took
1: i ran, i took it and ran anyway i do appreciate so trying it.
0: to go with that one there that was uh, all all appreciation <laughs> on that one there so our next film here let me hold on here i'm bringing this up we went from the seventh sign to slaughterhouse rock where this is one that it's not a heavy metal horror film but it's definitely one of those where you have the 30 year olds playing high school students
1: i've never seen this this is one of those i haven't seen Ew.
0: since usa up all night
1: yeah, I haven't seen this. And the one. beauty
0: is, it ex- exactly the ooh. There's some really good gore in it. Uh, but USA Up All Night excises all of the good stuff out of it. But you know what's interesting with this particular film is it is a, um, it's basically a, uh, what's the way? Uh, street Tufts in a haunted house film. Uh huh. And the haunted house is haunted by uh, Tony Basil. Oh, Mickey, you're so fine? Yes.
1: So she's haunted by cheerleaders. Tony Basil is like the lead ghost in
0: this film. Oh, there she is. So yes. she's like, and she actually does. There she is again. Now, for those of you that may be too young to remember, and she's breaking out her finest. Oh, Mickey, you're so fine.
1: <laughs> so it's got a dance number in the middle of it.
0: Yeah, and it's got. And there's
1: monsters and
0: ghosts. And, and... it's got actually a pretty great rock and um like soundtrack. That's the title track. It's one of those again. I saw in USA up all night, so I haven't seen it unedited. I'm curious to see, and obvious, this is one that's probably begging for one of those boutique, boutique Blu-ray releases. Yeah, I'm sure, and it, maybe it exists out there. But Slaughterhouse Rock. That movie looks cool. Right, and that's the beauty of these trailers is they have to sell you on the film. So what do they show you? The good that, stuff. Indeed, the stuff that's going to make a young genie, or hell, a uh, at this point uh, uh, an old genius right
1: Want to see that like oh Mickey you are so fun. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah if not for the premise and the promise of Tony Basil showing up in your horror film well speaking of horror and the masters and the shit that is still relevant even
1: today hey everybody you guys I didn't know yeah the bright, bright, bright flowers right there I didn't know you guys want to be part of the system he always Give shows up. God regardless, headache.
0: Organically or inorganically, <laughs> Buckflower will show up. Buck and he does Flores. indeed show up. And they live, <laughs> you guys. They live. is, And what I love about this trailer is the buildup of everything and how you don't get the fact that it's truly a horror film until that end reveal. And even how it's edited. The cuts are coming. They. They. Uh, the way that, um, the, the, the drums are building. This is a masterfully cut trailer. Yeah. I mean, just in terms of kind of our love of They Live and uh, you talk about its social relevance and what it means today, 30 years later, mm-hmm. that it holds up even more than it did in 1988. And imagine Kurt Russell showing up in this film and you get his kind of first in a little interaction with Roddy Roddy Piper. Keith There's, David. There, oh yeah, and Keith David should going coming back into the JC fold. This is also just like the time when you get John Carpenter kind of going back to his more indie route.
1: And he they even put in the trailer, like you said, the big I'm line. all out of bubble. I, you would think with the trailer like this
0: But right now it's showing as basically a straight up actioneer, does it not? Right. It's not giving you really any hint of the sci fi or the horror element that is involved with it until, right? here, and then it cuts away.
1: Yeah, John Carpenter's They Live.
0: A beautifully cut trailer to make you, because when you get that last little money shot of the alien of the looking alien. at you, breaking that fourth wall, look at little genius. looking right at you like, what are you doing, Greg? You're going to come see this? What oh, you? babe. Okay, <laughs> yeah. oh, okay. okay. <laughs> that was JC's little subliminal thing. Yeah, okay. watch it. Buy a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I like the fact that also that John Carpenter is represented again in in The Mouth of March Madness, mm-hmm. and actually he's represented so many different ways in this year's tournament. Yeah. It's ridiculous, but also kind of wonderful.
1: Yeah, it is kind of awesome. Whenever you can have more JC, it's well, always yeah. a good thing. More
0: JC, the better. Now, you want to talk about, we kind of glossed over it a little, um, going from those religious-based horror films, kind of like with The Seventh Sign. is This is another one that I caught on. It was either Cinemax or Showtime. And the reason I remember The Unholy... <laughs> Is because of the diddling priest. Yes, it I, was very much in the the Thornbirds
1: call. I I, rem, I I remember seeing this in the theater and having to cover oh, so, my eyes. What you saw this? You saw the unholy in the theater? Yes, because like we'd go see horror movies, and like. It was the diddling priest. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Hold on, hold on, the, yeah, hold Yeah, this on, hold isn't on. the unholy. No, this is twice but, dead. My bad, you guys. This yeah, this is isn't... My, no, no, I got is, ahead of
0: myself. Yeah. This is... No, twice dead is one actually I am not familiar with. I have
1: never seen this.
0: Okay, good. No, sorry. I got ahead of my notes yeah, there. Yeah, I got
1: ahead of... But at the same time, that that reminded me to tell the story of the, the, uh, of the unholy. But I've never seen this. No, twice... dead. Okay, twice
0: dead actually is the one... That
1: is Street Tufts in a haunted house. And it actually has Jill Whitlow from Night of the Creeps. Then what was the other one, the Street Tufts and was that in Was haunted house? They were in a prison with Mickey.
0: Oh, yeah, with that one. That one was, hold on, hold on. That one was the... That one was the Slaughterhouse Rock. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So now so this next the Twice one... Twice Dead
1: is Haunted House Street
0: Tuffs. Yes. With a uh, Cynthia Cronenberg, Cynthia Cronenberg. Now that she see Vestron should have been my sign. Yes. Because Vestron just put this out this on Blu-ray. The
1: diddling priest one, and
0: it immediately gives you the priest and because,
1: JC because my mom was all hella Catholic, and like I mean she still is, but like this was very Thornbirds like a yes. seductive sex demon seduces a priest and like this yeah. one
0: had copious amounts of nudity yeah that was i remember
1: what... being confused and like not like well i mean i was Again, okay I, but i was like young and like my mom was like yeah i don't know if we should be watching because this, this is this is one of those sexy horror but
0: the this was yeah the cinemaxer show this was the free weekend screening yeah. and this is why you would stay up late because it gave you ele- the little elements of horror but then with the promise as you said you would always you know you'd fast forward through a lot of this stuff but this is another one that I also remember catching up on USA up all night
1: cuz uh, yeah and there's this really if i remember there's this really dope part where she turns into like this the demon like a demon but yep. it's like a werewolfy demon and she still diddles the priest yeah and it's kind of, the priest like diddles the the yeah and still Ned gave baby.
0: You, It still gave you those kind of just awkward, awkward. yeah thank you 1980s Yes, yeah. so 88 brought a lot of things and so weird. Those awkward boners were one of those things, unfortunately, but that's the beauty of the 80s. And why, actually, over on Nerds and Nostalgia, the entire year of 2018, we're only focusing on weird-ass films from the 80s. And speaking of weird-ass films from the 80s. (laughs) This one could easily fall into that category. This is actually when you got Nicolas Cage, back when he was still doing weird little genre fare.
1: Nicolas Cage playing crazy.
0: Oh, this is definitely where you get to see him... Elevate, mm-hmm. and this
1: is where kind of the, the legend precipice of cage where it begins. Yeah, because if you think I'm about vampire, rah, rah, rah,
0: rah. and he has such a weird delivery in this yeah. film. It, there's so many things that are bizarre. you don't say? <laughs> Why are you guys talking about it like that? And his extreme bits of cageism got in 80 Okay, so right 80s, there, there's their face. The E, the face, take his face off. All right. Well, in '87, uh, he <laughs> He's had there with vampire things. I could eat a peach all day. Bleh <laughs> Well, he had Raising Arizona, not too pre, not, I think the year before, uh, Valley Girl, even before that. This is kind of his entry into that, even going into a weirder genre than the Coen brothers. <laughs> he just he's he sells it, right?
1: So weird. This,
0: I mean, I mean, he's the reason to watch this film, isn't he? Yeah. It?
1: He's the reason to watch almost any film. Or well, Marietta Cachito
0: Alonso. She's pretty she's awesome too, as well. But
1: just watching him go run around Times Square with vampire fangs. And it's
0: Dirty New York as well. Yeah. That's, it was pre Giuliani. So, you might get mugged. Something bad may happen to you. No, it's 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 Cage being Cage. it's Cage saying, Hey, by the way, I'm
1: a vampire. Yeah, blah.
0: <laughs> but only the way he can do no more power to him and the fact that he actually hell, Nick Cage is gonna be at no, well, he's not gonna be at Panic Fest, but mom and dad. Right. Screening a mom. <laughs> I and don't dad. know,
1: Cage might be at Panic Fest. Well, he he pops just
0: up. Did you see where he crashed that Sundance screening of that other film that he's in? Yeah. Uh, I see. That's another weird genre. So maybe he's going to his genre roots now. Going back to his heyday when he was in those kind of fairs. I could be
1: crazy. Now, this movie. Oh, well, yeah. Would you like a closer look? <laughs> right. You're But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Go back to our,
0: our catalog.
1: Do-do-do-do-do. There's the Marquis <laughs> Whip it. <laughs> uh,
0: Waxwork. Yeah, this is we've devoted a commentary track to it. It was in our last Nerd-A-Ween. There's
1: lots of O'Keefe in it.
0: There's yeah. There's Michelle Johnson speaking of uh, blame it on Rio.
1: <laughs> I think it won't date a something. I will I will.
0: <laughs> yeah, this is one of our favorites, you guys. We have talked a lot about this particular film. Even from the mark, the weirdness of the Marquis de Sade showing up and being a
1: major player right? in
0: your horror movie, but it doesn't take from the horror.
1: Yeah, no, this is and and it's like Heather Wixson said, it's an anthology. Damn right, it's an anthology. Damn right, it is an anthology. To
0: make sure you guys are going out and getting the Monster Squad book for a uh, friend of the podcast,
1: Heather Wixon, <laughs> go ch- and check out the uh, what John Breeze. Give me the, the Give me the whip. Give me the whip. Give, give me, me the whip. Give me the silver bullet. But. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: only Dude. if they could have gotten Alfred Molina to do a cameo in this film where they had all the little pieces there of uh, yeah. Raiders. No, this is uh, Anthony Wilcox who would go on to direct uh, Hellraiser Part Three mm-hmm. in the 90s, which is kind of another underrated sequel. Uh, but this particular film, I'll tell you what, Vestron did themselves good with this particular release. Not only did you get the unrated cut of this film, which adds the gore back into the vampire scene with Michelle Johnson.
1: yeah but but also gives you the the sauce makes
0: the the sauce makes the dish uh but also a great making of a huge extensive making of Mm -hmm. and then of course uh the sequel part two so a lot of love (laughs) went into that particular release and why (laughs) Big fan of Vestron and what they keep putting out. Uh, Bless you. you? I need a young priest and I need an old priest. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But they're actually putting out Class of 1999 on
1: Blu-ray, which
0: is the sequel to Class of 1984. And if you're a fan of nerds and nostalgia and weird 80s film, keep an eye out there. You never know what's going to come up here and so then under
1: the sea
0: yeah well actually we should uh technically find a place to finish because we just transitioned into the first trailer of 1989 Ah. Uh, a little film actually called deep star six which
1: i fucking love deep star six deep star six is great and you know what the cool thing about 1989 and i know we're going off on a tangent but you had you had three three underwater monster (laughs) movies and like literally at the same fucking... I know that I know two of them were at the rank, same time. Rank your
0: three. Rank your three
1: of underwater monster movies. Deep
0: Star Six, Leviathan, and the Abyss. Rank your three.
1: Oh, uh, okay. Uh, Deep Star Six, Leviathan. No, no, yeah, Deep Star Six top. Leviathan, Abyss is the bottom. The
0: the devil, you say? What are you smoking, sir? I think because I saw Deep Star Deep, Six above s- both of those. I think I think I saw Drake. Deep Star Six. First. My two dads above RoboCop? <laughs> what? <laughs>
1: wait, 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 wait. Greg Evagon is in uh, Deep Star 6. No, 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 you're right. Leviathan is first. Because Leviathan has... Peter has, Weller. It's, got John, no, and it's not even Richard because of Krina. Peter Weller. It's not even because of Peter Weller. It's because of the Mexican dude from Ghost. Hells yeah. He's in that too. And I love that dude. And so then Deep Star 6, but... De- definitely, and then the at the bottom. Okay. Deep Star Six needs way more love because it's got fucking Miguel Ferrer. God rest I his mean, soul. Like, need, no, no, all all three of them are kind of wonderful. But I like the monsters. Yeah, like all the practical.
0: practical. Well, that's, again, the love and why we love the 80s, why we keep going back to it, why we just did a commentary track for 1988, but we're going to try, we got we to stop for the 89. Yeah. But yeah, it also yeah, shows yeah. you that you would get clusters of these kind of films in each year. So, um, you guys, uh, look for uh, in the month of March, uh, us going back into the mouth of March Madness. And again, all the films that you just saw, majority,
1: the majority uh, the, are, are going to be, be
0: in there. We're plucking eight Mm -hmm. from all of those films. So which eight will they be? You gotta listen Mm -hmm. in to find out. Mm -hmm. Uh, So until that time, guys, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we will see you in your dreams.